My name is Christina, and thank you for checking into the Home for Red OCs. This is a podcast where a friend and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. And today, our guest is Kit Walker! Hello! I'm doing jazz hands. I'm not doing jazz hands. I'm not that gay. It's okay. How are you doing today, Kit? Tonight? It's uh, a night recording. Do you want an, an honest answer to that question, or...? I mean, the magic of editing can cut out whatever you don't want me to put in the show. <laughs> no, I'm doing great. I'm tired all the time. It's fine. It's fine. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm also tired, but that's not 100% my norm, so. <laughs> it's okay. That's what I have. That's what I have my sleepy time tea for. So. Anyway, we're not here to talk about my tea drinking habits. We're here to talk about original characters. Yes. So who are we going to be talking about, Kit? Uh, well, by request, uh, yours and Annie's request specifically, I'm going to be talking about my uh, Bionicle original character, uh, Machia, and then probably go from there into like a whole explanation of the freaking Lord of the Rings-inspired continent that I wrote about in my Bionicle fanfiction. Okay. Yeah. Well, the thing you need to understand about me is that my personal motto, especially in my creative life, is anything worth doing is worth overdoing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I support that. I support that. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Anyway. I am excited for to hear about Makia because Lord of the Rings and Bionicle are and i think i remember dragons being involved in the mix uh not dragons uh i they were dragon light basically because i at first they were dragons and then i was like wait i actually want to sit on dragons in case i want to bring them in later as like a big deal so i made Mm -hmm. them like wyvern like creatures called serpents okay okay so drag dragon adjacent yes Dragon adjacent. Those are all things that I have a, that I have at least some knowledge and interest in at some point in time. I think I've actually still got one of my old Bionicle figures over on my toy shelf. So, you know, it's a good thing I haven't fully unpacked because otherwise you would be able to see this this shelf in the background here. That would normally have like a shit ton of Bionicles and other action figures on it. I just haven't unpacked fully nice. after moving. Nice. <laughs> I look forward to seeing pictures of that at some point in the future, because that's going to be splendid, I'm sure. Yeah, I think I might have to put in multiple shelves. I got a lot of crap. <laughs> it's okay, just go talk to Shannon. She can give you advice on on, on figurine display methods. <laughs> I don't doubt that. Alright, so, how do we how do we normally start this kind of thing? Uh, how about... Uh, a little bit of a description of, like, what is the setting for Makia? Was she, like, a complete, like, original creation? Like, was her world an original creation, or did you start off on the world of, like, Mata Nui or something? Uh, this is gonna be a long story, so buckle up. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) So, originally, the genesis of the character was, um, the thing about Bionicles is that they are Lego. And the thing about Lego is that you are encouraged to take these things apart and build your own stuff. 
So um, I had started uh, sort of pulling apart my figures and experimenting with adding different things onto them. And one of the things I was obsessed with adding on was uh, wings because I was 13 years old and obsessed with dragons. And yeah, Mm -hmm. you can see where this is going. So (laughs) I finally managed to get together not just the wings, but I also managed to add uh, like bird legs on uh, by basically like taking the arms off and then adding them on to where the knee would be um, on the figure. And then adding like Onua's claws as like the feet. so that okay. was the yeah that was the character that I had come up with um, and at the time like um, my brother and I were both really into Bionicle uh, we grew up like eleven months apart uh, mom called us her Irish twins she grew up Catholic I'm pretty sure she's allowed to make that joke um, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, I also managed to show him how I added the wings onto mine so he added some wings onto the figure that he had put together mostly with parts from Liwa because that was his favorite and the mythology that I had sort of constructed around these characters was that um, they were on Matanui, the original island because this was Mm pre-2003 when they revealed that the island was not the entirety of the setting Um, and Maki was actually a villain originally she was going to okay. be she and she and my brother's figure, which was Makia's brother, whose name I forget, were going to be sort of like a good and evil type situation. Like his character was the good one, and Makia was the evil one. Uh, because when you grow up uh, queer and gender non-conforming, you tend to over-identify with monsters and stories about monsters. Yeah, that, uh, real life context I do not have experience with either of those so I'm going to let you talk as much about that part as you want to <laughs> oh god no that'll just turn into like this entire episode will be about Guillermo del Toro at that point nobody wants that maybe later um, <laughs> that's for a different podcast yes so yeah Maka starts out as a villain and I don't really go anywhere with the story I don't really write it down it's just sort of the mythology I constructed around this this Lego figure that I put on my shelf for a while before I decided that I wanted Pohatu and Onua back, so I took her apart and put them back together. Um, <laughs> I think there was also a little bit of, uh, of, around 2002, 2003, you could also get, like, a kit out of which you could build a lot of the, like, non-malicious monsters on Matanui. Why didn't I have that? Yeah, I think I've still got it in a box somewhere. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, it was very good. So I was able to use some parts from that for her. Um... Mm-hmm. So that yeah, so that that kind of passes without incident, and then um, the Mask of Light movie comes out, um, and at the end of that movie, the big reveal is oh, there's a whole other city. There's in fact possibly a whole other universe to this setting, uh, mm-hmm. and that was around the same time I also got interested in the online fandom for Bionicle, and yeah, yeah. it it the Bionicle online fandom is like still. Holding on, kicking and screaming, much to my surprise. Oh yeah, they're resilient. Uh, I'm st- I've, I still every once in a while encounter people I remember from like the BZ Power forums. Speaking of which, I started on the Lego forums and then eventually ended up moving to the BZ Power forums because that is where most of the people were. Um, the BZ Power forums were weird, by the way, because they were run by this like 40-year-old Republican dude who would ban you if you even like mentioned gay people, which is going to factor in later. Yikes. Yeah. Um, but there was one artist on there uh, whose name I unfortunately forget. I think it was Toe of Art, I think it was, possibly. 
But uh, one of the, some of the things that he started experimenting with, with regards to like um, his characters and comics and stuff, was like, oh, if there's Metro Nui, this whole other city, and possibly other cities and other islands, why don't we as a fandom start experimenting with the idea of an expanded universe like Marvel and DC have? And so, like, some of the fan fiction tended to start taking that tack. And uh, at the time, I had also just come off of seeing all three Lord of the Rings movies. And <laughs> and then I binged the Silmarillion. I don't remember any of it now, but at the time, I was, like, super into it. And I remembered a lot of it. And I was like, okay, okay. that's the scale I want to write at for this thing. Yep, yep. Start high, aim high. Yeah, so I take Makia and her brother, and then I had two more siblings, another brother and a sister, as my sort of Toa equivalent, but I didn't want to call them Toa, because obviously they weren't. They were, like, weird and monstrous and half- whatever. And, uh, so I looked up, and according to one of the many, many naming websites on the internet, the word Adenit was Welsh for winged. I don't think that's actually true, but it was good enough at the time. <laughs> I, I feel like Adenit has too many like consonants in it for it to be Welsh. Yeah, it's it's too pronounceable. Like it had yeah, two D's yeah. in it, but that's 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 about as edgy as it got. No, there used to be like a Y in there. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a Y. It was A A D E N Y D D. Um, okay. But I still I still don't think it's actually Welsh for winged. I googled it, and I did not come up with a Google Translate, like, thing, so I, yeah, I have doubts. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I take this concept of this, like, team of uh, winged heroes, and then I decide, you know what, let's get even more extra with this. Because I was also really into Halo lore at the time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> was, was not expecting that one. This, this will make sense in a second. Uh, I was into Halo lore at the time, so the mythology that I had constructed was that there was this precursor race who had come to whatever the Bionicle planet is, and taken a look okay. at all of these little biomechanical uh, Matoran villager type dudes and said, we can do that, but bigger. What I basically made was Bionicle elves. This precursor race had taken the Matoran and been like, that but tall. And... Okay. Uh, and they had they had created this 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 race that was going to live on this abandoned continent in the northern hemisphere called Lanrathar. Uh, I looked it up. I think it was like Elvish that the name came from. And then, okay. uh, and then from there, I constructed the mythology that like the Adenid were like experiments that the precursor had made and then like sealed away because they turned out weird, uh, because of the intervention of literal actual gods. I think was the deal there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then they made a second species uh, called the serpents, which were the aforementioned wyvern-looking critters. Originally, they were literally just wyverns, but um, after a little while on, they got a bit of a redesign because I wanted them to look cooler. And at the time, I was like, really? I think the I was I was furry adjacent for like most of my adolescence, and I think the big thing at that time was like mohawks. <laughs> so they had like mohawk manes alongside like the horns and the wings and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, there was the serpents, and then there were three kinds of serpents. There was the, no three, two, three, three. Uh, there was the sun serpents, the sky serpents, and the blood serpents. The blood serpents that turned evil uh, and chased the precursors off the planet, chased the elf Matoran uh, to the far side of the continent, uh, 
and then the sun serpents and the sky serpents also got separated for, from them, and then, like, thousands of years passed, I think. Okay, um, okay. Yeah. You can see what I mean by if anything worth doing is worth overdoing. This was, like, <laughs> involved. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, meanwhile, the uh, the identity which had been sealed away, um, eventually get unsealed, because this was still a bionicle thing, and heroes getting unsealed from canisters under the ground is kind of a thing. Um, oh, yeah. Look, they have they have to work in the packaging somehow, kid. Yeah, the the packaging has to be canon. <laughs> <laughs> the packaging has to be canon. When you start the Matsunui online game, that freaking canister on the beach has to be the first thing you see, for some reason. Mm-hmm. Side note: Can we talk about how good the Matsunui online game was? Did you ever play that? I never played it, but I did read the Bionicle books. Okay, I've. I read, I think, at least through the Metro Nui series. We owned the books at, for a long time, and I think they got donated off, but I did read them. So, like, I am familiar with the image of the canister that you are talking about. Okay, good. Yeah, because, like, um, on the Bionicle website, uh, apparently somebody at LEGO also had the same motto that I do. Um, because one of the things that they provided for the merchandising mm-hmm. of the game was like, we're going to have a free online Flash game that's basically missed and multiple hours long. Mm-hmm. hmm Yeah, and that was the main, like, story delivery format for a while there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, where was I? Um, Len Rathart, right. So, yeah, yes. heroes get unsealed because that's a thing. And then Mm -hmm. that's where, that was, like, the inciting incident of the actual, like, story that I wrote. Um, Mm -hmm. Because all of that that I just mentioned was backstory. Yeah, it was, like, (laughs) it was the equivalent of, like, oh, like, Isildur took the ring to Mount Doom and he was unable to throw it. And then, oh, hey, here's some hobbits. Yeah, exactly. That was it. Um, Yeah, so... And then I, the first form of the story took was I was playing around with RPG Maker 2000 at the time. So at first I wrote the story in RPG Maker 2000. And then I was mm-hmm. like, actually, I want to write this as a book because convincing people to download things. First of all, finding places to upload things in 2004 on the internet was really difficult. And then persuading people to download this mysterious EXE that you've given them is incredibly yep. hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I then wrote the story as like a 35,000 word fanfic. Uh, and it was supposed to be a trilogy, but I never finished parts two and three because my attention span is incredibly short and was even shorter when I was 14. Um, yeah. I've been there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, over the course of the 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 fanfic, uh, Makia wakes up in her vault under the ground, meets the, uh, the village of people that she's supposed to protect, uh, goes to all the other villages, meets her siblings, and then they, uh, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> at one point, I, I, I think, yeah, I don't remember what the threat was supposed to be, honestly. It's possible there wasn't one, um, mm-hmm. because I was not very good at plot-driven stuff, um, at that point in my writing career. Uh, mm-hmm. but at one point they go east to where the sun serpents wound up to try to get them on side because the blood serpents are about to attack. And there's also an emissary from the sky serpents who live in the Arctic there, um, who ends up okay. being, who ends up being Machia's girlfriend. Um, okay. which as I mentioned, the BZ power forums, not great with the lesbians. So I just kind of like put it in and then put a link in my forum signature and waited to get banned. And I never did. When I did get banned, it was for something incredibly petty and stupid. 
I mean, the petty and stupid part sounds a lot like early aughts forums in general, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is, that is just like... That is a very quintessentially you entire thing that you've just told me about. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yup, this tracks, this tracks, this tracks. The Halo part did throw me for a loop, but... When, when you asked that question, were you expecting me to talk for ten minutes straight? <laughs> I mean, that happens a lot on Wayward, so it was not completely unexpected. It is kind of the point of the show. Okay, good. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. So, since you mentioned that you had been designing us when you were, like, an early, like, early to mid-teen... Like, yes. did you bring, uh, did you do anything else with Makia after you kind of, like, got to that, like, stopping point? No, I think that what happened, honestly, I, I kept actively working on this. Like, uh, my perfectionist side took over and said, hey, you know that 35,000 words of fanfic you wrote? You're gonna rewrite it so it's 50,000. Um... <laughs> So I got working on that, and by that point, I was in high school, and it turns out that when you're in high school, um, if you spend all of your time writing Bionicle fanfiction, your grades drop. Uh, so I had to stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I basically, I got too busy to work on it, and next thing I knew, I was like, oh god, why am I paying $10 a month for a website that I don't maintain? I'm gonna take this down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry that it had to go by the wayside like that, but as someone who also spent a lot of my time working on creative works and art when I should have probably been studying in school, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I still graduated. It's uh, fine. It's I, fine. I know where you're coming from with that. Also, by that point, I had been banned from the BZ Power forums, so, you know, interest dropped off. <laughs> yeah. Was there, like, was there anywhere to go after that besides the forums? Like, for specifically for Bionicle fandom? Uh, there was Mask, I think it was called Mask of Lore. It was a rival forum, but it was hard to get people to, like, cross over from one to the other. Because mm -hmm. if you were on BZ Power, one of the things you couldn't do was link to any other forum besides the official LEGO forums. Yeah, that sounds like something that a 40-year-old Republican guy would do. Yeah. So, uh, it basically, just, like, once I got banned, there was a, there were a lot of people who, like, never heard from me again. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. That kind of sucks. I mean, I was trying to get banned at that point, is the thing. Okay. <laughs> well, then, congratulations, I guess. Yeah, I have a checkered internet past. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm not gonna worry about it unless you completely disappear off the map, then I might worry a little bit about it. No, 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 it's fine. It's way harder to do that now. Mm-hmm. Ain't that the truth. <laughs> Plus, like, Annie knows where I live. She'd find me. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I feel like Matt would kind of, like, douse your place. <laughs> the concerned Listen. look you just gave the aside makes me a little bit concerned. Yeah, it's fine. Mac knows people. It's just something you, you need to, to be aware of. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, oh, I believe me, I'm aware of it. <laughs> yeah. Ma Mac is a mystery and an enigma and uh, <laughs> yes, has friends in high places. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Mac aside. 
<laughs> Mac's not on the show yet. Oh, I'm very excited for that episode. <laughs> I I haven't talked to Mac yet about that, but I, I feel like after this drops, she's gonna like message me and be like, Okay, so I don't know if you're aware, but I have a lot of OCs. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that episode's gonna be like three hours long. Um. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so you mentioned at one point that you had at least at least two designs for Makia. Am I correct? Yes. Um, yeah, there was the initial design, and then there was the design that once I stopped trying to make it work as an actual toy, and I was just like, you know what? I'll, I'll just draw the character the way I want her. I used to draw. I don't anymore. Mm-hmm. So the original design was... Um, yeah, I think I was mostly Onua parts because I wanted her to be black. Um, mm-hmm. Not like black ethnically, but just like black in color. Yes, black gothic. <laughs> yeah, black goth. Uh, and all of his parts were black. Um, mm-hmm. So I basically took his torso, um, managed to graft the wings onto the back, did the uh, did like the dragon legs thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, the lower body ended up being really, really bulky. Uh, because of like all the nonsense going on with the legs, so I added mm-hmm. the Toa Nuva armor on, which was like a chest plate and shoulder pads. Yeah. Um, and then the wings, which did not look very good, but they looked enough like wings that I was like, okay, okay. close enough. Okay. I think what it ended up being was like the arm part from the original Toa, and then like the original Toa had this. Like, the main hand was just basically a tube that you could stick a weapon into, but the offhand, it kind of sort of looked like a hand. Yeah. So I basically Mm -hmm. took that hand, took out the little bits for the fingers, put in the same piece, but, like, four times longer, and that was, like, the wing fingers. Okay, okay. Yeah. I basically added a second set of arms with really long fingers, and I was like, you know what, close enough. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, biologically, that is close enough. Yeah. I, I couldn't figure out how to get the wing membranes to stick without resorting to actual glue, and since I wanted to be able to disassemble this character at some point, I opted against that. You see, you, you said grafted earlier, and I was sitting here like, did Kit take a heat gun to Bionicle pieces? God, no. To, like, Although physically melt the plastic together? No, God, no. Although, uh, I believe wax glue was involved to hold some things together at some point, but wax glue is fine. You can just peel it off. It doesn't damage yeah. anything. Um, yeah, but it was mostly, this was all, like, mechanical. I was literally just sticking these together with the provided Lego bits. Um, and then when I started drawing the character, uh, she took on a couple more features. Um, originally she did have Pohatu's mask on her. I can't remember which mask, like, the name. It has a name, but I don't remember what it was. Hang on. Google. Uh. The only ones that I could remember is that Pohatu's was the one where it was, like, not Pohatu, uh, Onua's was the one where it was, like, the triangle with, like, the lines across it. Yeah, Onua's was the one that looked like Jason's mask, which is why he stopped being the main character after a while. Uh, because, yeah. because they were like, no, he looks scary. So that's how Tahu became, yeah. uh, come on, tell me his mask. The, the Kakama, the, the Kanohi Kakama. So that was the one that had, um... It, it sort of had, uh, uh, like, almost, like, scuba canisters off to the side. These two pieces that flared yes. off to the side. And then yeah. these, like, I think the reason I picked them for Makia is because it had these great big triangular eyes that looked kind of menacing. Because, again, okay. originally, she was a villain. Yeah, she was going to be a monster with a tragic story. The only other mask that I could remember for a second was, I think, Kopaku's? Because 
uh, his was the one with the one with like the big old like telescope eye on it, right? Yeah, he his was the one with like the freaking monocle or whatever it was on it. Oh yeah, Kopaka was my brother's favorite. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, I yeah. So that was the mask she had, and then uh, when I started mm-hmm. drawing the character, um, I kept the Toanua armor, I kept the dragon legs, I kept the wings, I added a tail, I made the wings look good. Other than that, I did not make any huge changes to the character, aside from the fact that I also gave her claws on her hands. Which is probably a lot easier to do. Yeah. It's worth noting that she was, like, the weirdest looking one. Most of her siblings were just, like, Toa with wings. I think her youngest brother had, like, some big old tail feathers. Because I was really into griffins and big old tail feathers at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, oh also, each of them could shapeshift. Um, each of them could shapeshift. Like, uh, Makia could turn into a serpent. Um, originally a dragon, okay. but again, I started holding dragons back because I was like, hey, if I want to bring in, like, a new villain after this villain's defeated, dragons might work. Um, mm-hmm. and then the oldest of the brothers could turn into, I think it was, like, a thunderbird. And then okay. the sister could turn into a griffin, and then the youngest brother could turn into a phoenix. I think that was it. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think it was I think it was a rock, and then I decided Thunderbird sounded cooler because I was fourteen and didn't know what cultural appropriation was. Um... <laughs> Look, as far as I'm concerned, like, like none of us knew what cultural appropriation was when we were in middle school, <laughs> myself included. <laughs> oh, oh, God, nope, nope. I just thought back to a character that I made in middle school who was very definitely culturally appropriative, and I am not going down that road today. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Oh, uh, Makia also had, uh, she, she had a black mask, but she had white crescent moon markings over the eyes. I don't remember why. I think one of my furry friends, their character had that, and I thought, that's cool, I'm gonna steal that. And honestly, like, that just goes more to add to, like, the, like, the fact that, oh, like, Makia looks the most unique because she is the main character with, yeah like, the banner over her head that says main character yeah she was definitely the one that i put the most work into <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean which also makes sense yeah each of the others did also have like their own unique personality and their own arcs and everything because i don't do anything halfway but uh the focus yeah. was definitely on her she was the aragorn in this situation Mm-hmm. does that mean she also had a cool sword uh, no, she had claws, and she, like, all the others had weapons, she just had claws, because okay. I was edgy. <laughs> yeah. And also 14, so, like... And 14, yeah. No cool sword. Cool tail, though, and wings, because, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as, and as mentioned, a girlfriend. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, do you, would you like to talk a little bit about Mikia's girlfriend? Okay, yeah. Uh, so a thing that I had... <laughs> you took uh... so much persuading. <laughs> oh, you want me to talk about gay stuff on the podcast? Okay. <laughs> okay, so, um, Ania was a sky serpent, and the thing that I had with the serpents is that the mages, specifically, could shapeshift into a smaller anthropomorphic form that was roughly the same size as my, um as my uh, elf Matoran. The name is which is still escaping me. It might have been Eldar. Okay. I suspect it's Eldar. Because I remember I was... Later I got into World of Warcraft and I was like, oh, those are called Eldar too. Um, so she was a mage. Uh, so she could shapeshift into a size where it wasn't weird uh, for her to be Makia's girlfriend. Uh, they mm-hmm. met 
when, as as I mentioned before, when the Adenid ended up going west to meet with the Sun Serpents for reasons that I still forget. Um, okay. They fell in love basically immediately. Um, Why not? Really, it's really. <laughs> she did not have much of a character beyond being Machia's girlfriend, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I was just like this. Then uh, I did not intend for her to be like a lesbian right from the jump. It's just like kind of like. I wrote this character going here. I needed another outsider for them to interact with. And I was kind of like, oh, girlfriends. And I just slam dunked it right in there. I don't think there was much of a thought process mm-hmm. beyond that at that point. I mean, to be fair, the like the falling in deep love immediately is a very Lord of the Rings trope. Yeah, and so... also a very lesbian thing. So what does a lesbian bring to a second date? A ring? A, a U-Haul. <laughs> A ring is just as good. Um, yeah. Can you believe I couldn't figure out I liked girls until I was like 20? I mean... <laughs> an insert insert long diatribe about internalized misogyny and and just gender, gender conformity and everything. <laughs> so, just... Go go listen to go listen to an, another podcast about gender issues, and you will probably hear a much better summary slash elaboration on that situation than I could possibly give right now. Yeah, no, this is not that podcast. This podcast is about how I'm gay and stupid. Um... <laughs> and you make original characters that you care about a lot. Yes. Yeah, uh, to the point where I construct entire fictional worlds around them. I mean, which of us hasn't done that? You know, I'd be hard-pressed to think of anybody. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, so what are some of your favorite plot points that you had happen with Makia? Like, extending into anything? Uh, Let me think. Um, Definitely the whole meeting the girlfriend part. Uh, basically mm-hmm. anything where she was doing something like gruesomely violent because I was 14 and edgy. Yeah. <laughs> As in like, was this referring to like specifically like early stages villainous Makia or like fighting against the enemy that you don't remember later heroic iteration? Mikia? Later heroic, uh, I mean both, but mostly later heroic iteration. I didn't come up with much mm-hmm. besides concept when she was originally that villainous character. Um, mm-hmm. There was a rather elaborate plot line where I decided I needed to justify why she looked so different from her siblings. And yeah. uh, so I, the plot, the justification I came up with was that she had received the most interference from the goddess that I mentioned earlier. And there is, there was a moment that I had written, that I had written the scene in isolation, because I had not written the story surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Because I think it was in like book two or three of the trilogy, um, where she finally like goes to a lost temple and meets the goddess that is functionally her mother, and it was okay. this big moment of like self actualization for the character where she realizes that she's not a freak. Uh, that she has a purpose, that she's like this for a reason. Can you see a lot of my adolescent insecurities playing out with this character? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, out of curiosity, uh, was this about when Lady Gaga's Born This Way came out? 
No, because uh, that came out in 2010. I was in college by that point. Um. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but same general philosophy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there were also like some really cool battle scenes that I had come up with that she got to play majorly in, and the whole shape-shifting thing played in uh, pretty bigly because they were facing off against Blood Serpents at that point. So I enjoyed those. Okay, okay. Blood Serpents is in, like, the giant, the, the, I'm assuming they were probably black and red in some kind of variation of that, the... The Blood the Serpents, yeah, serpents. they were red. Um, okay. Yeah, they were red with either black or white manes, as I recall. The Sky Serpents were blue with white manes, and the Sun Serpents were gold with brown manes. Okay, okay. I'm, like, building up my, my mental bestiary. <laughs> Yeah, this, this this is complicated. Uh, I had I had by this point been obsessed with Dragon Riders of Pern for a while, so <laughs> you can see where that yeah, factors in a yeah. little bit. I I was wondering where it was gonna come in. Yeah, there's uh there's a lot of me in basically all of this, and if you ask me which of these characters is the self insert, I could honestly not tell you. <laughs> They're all my self insert. Okay. It's all me. <laughs> it's all a landscape of my psyche or some stuff like that. I mean, honestly, like, I, I feel like that is a big part of just, like, creating a character in general. It's, like, for the for the creator to really be able to, like, connect to the original character. Like, there's always got to be at least a little bit of yourself in there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. Since you mentioned that you haven't necessarily worked or done anything with Makia since uh, you stopped writing the series back when you were in high school. Mm-hmm. Where would you enjoy inserting Makia into, like, things that you would currently enjoy, like, seeing her in? If any of that sentence parsed, I was thinking Like, um, <laughs> current projects of mine or, like, crossover stuff or, like, screw it, fan fiction? All of the above. How about okay. that? Okay. Current projects of mine, I could see recycling some concepts and stuff for Gem Jammer. Um, because that's already, like, my kitchen sink story. I can just throw whatever I want in there. Certain mm-hmm. certain characters Cause... from projects I've had to abandon have already kind of showed up in there. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> There's definitely but going else... to be a, a guest appearance from my character in uh, my friend Zach's old D&T campaign. Um, just because I'm going to see how many people from that campaign I can get to guest on the episode. <laughs> there you go, there you go. <laughs> I was very fond of that character. Um, yeah, like if I if I were gonna put this anywhere, it would probably be in Gem Jammer. Um, mm-hmm. I have thought about a couple of times, like the the Bionicle eventually evolved to the point where I lost interest in it, and I, ironically enough, I think it's because the setting got too complicated. Um, mm-hmm. I fell in love with Bionicle when it was. A, just that little mist game where you fire it up and the first thing you see is a canister on a beach and you're just a little guy following footsteps seeing great big heroic things happening around you not fully understanding them uh, meeting meeting friends that you used to save your little island and that was the scope of the story and when it got like big and world threatening I very quickly lost interest because I realized that I was doing it better um <laughs> I have a bit of an ego problem, by the way, if you can't tell yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, 
And any fiction podcast I'm on inevitably deteriorates into me calling somebody a hack. Um, but yeah. I have thought about going back and trying to recapture that feeling I had when starting up the Matanui online game for the first time and having a small heroic story on that scale that sort of had that same sense of like grandness and personality again to it. Mm-hmm. And I think I could probably end up using care like if not Machia in name then Machia in spirit in a lot of those mm-hmm. and then when it came to fan fiction I seriously thought about dropping her into my 140,000 well 140,000 word teen wolf novel but uh, that never happened <laughs> wow wow just don't get me started on the 140,000 word teen wolf novel I I will not while we are recording how about that <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you about it later <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the name Makia is one that could very easily pass in Teen Wolf. So. Yeah. I think, speaking of cultural appropriation, uh, it, Makia, uh, I believe, is a Hopi name that means eagle. Again, according to one of those naming websites, which are frequently wrong. Um, so oh, take that with yes. a grain of salt. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. As as much as I appreciate having, like, like I actually have, like, a Baby Names app on my phone for if I need to, like, I need to name a random character. R- give me a random name, Baby Names. Oh, Luca. Okay, cool. There we go. But <laughs> at the same time, it's, impor- it's important to realize that, like, these names have a significance outside of what I'm assigning to them. Yep. These names are not just barkeep. <laughs> Yeah, it got to the point where I was, uh, one of my fantasy stories that I've abandoned for years because I don't have time to work on it, Southron, um, I wanted certain fictional nations to be evocative of various real world cultures, but also not to be direct copies of them to the point where I didn't want the names to be existing names. So again, my motto, anything worth doing is worth overdoing. I uh, found an engine online that will mash syllables together based on a list that you provide it. So I just fed it a lot of really? the, I just fed it a lot of the names from uh, from whatever culture I want or language I wanted to evoke with a particular like group, uh, and then okay. it spat out like a hundred names that were just like combinations of those syllables. <laughs> if you still have that URL, let me know. <laughs> and then I got a full time writing job and I didn't have time to work on it. So yeah, oh boy, I feel that hard though. Mm-hmm. But yeah, though, seriously, like, if you if you remember that URL, like... I'll see if I can find it. It was a couple of hard drives ago. Yeah. I'm just like, yep. Commiserating <laughs> over over how, how... How can you measure time in hard drives? I don't understand how that part of software works. <laughs> <laughs> it's... It, it's a shame when Delicious, the bookmarking service, went out of uh, went out of business and stopped working properly because uh, I had a lot of like good resources in there that I was not able to back up in time. So mm-hmm. one day I will have to go looking for them all again. Oh yeah, I had something similar happen when one time my computer. Don't do this to me again, computer. Uh, it went into kernel panic for a very long time, and I had to just completely like wipe it and start over again. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Don't don't do that again, please, computer. 
<laughs> I say as I sit here, just like, just like reassuringly patting the keyboard. <laughs> if you're nice to it, maybe it will be nice to you. Look, okay, I, I hold that stance with everything that I can with technology. I thank my Siri every time that <laughs> every time that it does something for me because if if we end up in the dystopian future where the AI comes to life, I wanted to remember that I told it thank you every time. Yeah, just when the machine dystopia comes and when the uprising happens, they'll remember you and you will be the last one to be killed. Mm-hmm. Okay, I at at this point, like cards on the table, I'm like out of questions to ask for like in general. From from like from the list that I have to usually go off of. So, is there anything else that you want to say about Makia before we go into the last question for the night? Session. Uh, whatever. I mentioned earlier that I like I could not for the life of me figure out which of these characters is the self insert. I will say that while Makia did not have a lot in common with me at the time that I was writing her. Um, as an adult, I am a lot like her. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I sort of grew up into the character I was fantasizing about at the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not to the point where, like, you know, I'm a, a nightmare monster that murders people with my claws, but um, definitely in terms of, you know being the the confidence the bluntness um the gayness the the really into the really taller women. parts yeah uh <laughs> the, the willingness to be like oh, all right nobody's in charge i guess i'll do it uh yeah <laughs> i remember kelly turnbull talking about how she wished there was a um take your future self to school day <laughs> oh man also, God bless Kelly Turnbull. She does some great work. Oh yeah, she's she's very good in a lot of ways. But yeah, and I also think it's really funny that uh, me and my, you know, I, I grew up as basically, you know, a twin. I do not remember a life without my brother in it, so when I create this character um, who is basically my Bionicle OC, the first thing I do is give her a brother. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> That's really sweet, Kit. Yeah. I mean, he was, like, destined to kill her or something in the first version, but... <laughs> but again, first version. First version, where she was a villain. Uh, and then I realized that that kind of character doesn't have much longevity. Uh, <laughs> Bionicle villains don't stick around for a year. Yeah, no, kind of, kind of by design. That's the thing about creating characters for a toy line is that, you know characters have to cycle every year so a lot of them just vanish and never show up again <laughs> power rangers <laughs> i'm not salty at all <laughs> you know i'll take your word for it i i remember i was obsessed with power rangers as a kid i do not remember anything about it besides the fact that they they did transformation sequences and were different colors and i think there was a robot dinosaur yes there was all of those are correct. <laughs> and I'm not going to get into 2017 movie Apologia because A, that's not this show, and B, Jake might hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, he indulges in some Gem and the Holograms movie Apologia. I figure Turnabout's fair play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, to be fair, though, I think he did, I think I remember him saying that he he thinks he's, like, softened on the 2017 movie. So, yeah. like... 
you can see where it could have got to if it had had a couple more drafts. Yeah. Like on, on I Will Fight You, we talk about movies where it went clearly went through too many drafts because there's just random artifacts from previous versions of the movie in there. But it's mm-hmm. very clear that the 2017 Power Rangers movie was very rushed and they, they needed more drafts to tighten that script up. Yeah. Yeah. Still, they did a good job with what they had, all things considered. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> your final question for the recording session is, why do you love Nakia so much? <laughs> Let's see. Well, I mean, I, I went through a period of my life, as we all do, where I was like, ugh, this character. <laughs> why did I make mm-hmm. this character? Mm-hmm. Although, honestly, like... I, I had started creating her when I was like 13 and 14, so I was like... I was, like, slightly older than a lot of people when they first start coming up with these characters. So as a result, like, I understood that you have to give characters flaws and, like, real flaws. (laughs) Not just is clumsy. So, like... (laughs) Yep. She was dumb and she rushed into things and she caused problems and she had trouble getting along with her siblings and, uh... And, and and when it came time to choose between, uh, you know, big issues and small issues, she frequently made the wrong choice, and she was screwed up. And honestly, that's kind of what I like about her, is that mm-hmm. f- visually, emotionally, intellectually, she was kind of a mess. And yeah. to this day, that's kind of what endears me to her. Mm-hmm. That and the fact that, like, I look back on her, I was like, how did you not know you were gay, dude? (laughs) (laughs) You were so dumb. Oh, man. (laughs) But, yeah. Those are all very valid points. Yeah. And also, I just like her because, like, she was a cool not-toa with dragon wings and a tail and claws and stuff, and that's just rad as hell. I'm willing to admit that. I've come full circle on my interests. <laughs> good, good. And it's, like, it's so important that at some point with everyone's original characters that you reach that point at which, like, you circle, you, you shoot back around from it being, like, to, like, you know what, like... Like, this was a cool concept for the time at which I made it. Like, yeah. Like, I really put a lot of work into this. <laughs> yeah, looking back on it, uh, I w- I'm actually genuinely impressed with the scale of the story that I was making at, like, 13, 14, 15 years old. Um, I still had trouble with endings. Honestly, I did not figure out how to properly end a story until I started writing Teen Wolf fanfiction um, and did my 140,000 word Teen Wolf novel. Uh, which can be a whole episode if you want. Uh, <laughs> um, the OC in that the OC in that episode is the world, not any of the characters. <laughs> I, I'm I'm just gonna summarize my thoughts on that right now with woof. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you intend for that to be a werewolf pun or? <laughs> eh, a little comedy, a little comedy. <laughs> But yeah, I'm 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 genuinely impressed looking back that I was capable of working on this scale and imagining like mm-hmm. a story on this scale. Um, I'm not sure it's something that like you know the world building I'm doing in Jam Jammer is definitely like the natural descendant of the world building I was doing back then. That's mm-hmm. that's that's the scale of the story 
that I'm building, but, uh... Yeah. <laughs> you know, though, it's it's still good, and I am, I for one, I'm glad to hear that you have retained your desire to build just, like, a whole complete Cosmoverse. Oh, yeah. I don't do anything halfway. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 an ego thing as well. I, I I look at second edition Spelljammer and then I look at fifth edition and it's feeble attempts at doing Spelljammer and like you know I could do this better. <laughs> I look at a show called like called Teen Wolf that is sloppily written and kind of okayishly acted. I go yeah I, I could do this better. <laughs> Doesn't mean I'm right, but it's I I, I clearly think it. Even on if it, even if it's not on a conscious level, I subconsciously think it. Yeah. Jeff Davis is a hack. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I called somebody there a hack. Go. The podcast can end. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, then. <laughs> 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 Look, you were serious, but you gave me the perfect segue. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note. Thank you very much, Kit, for being willing to come on Wayward. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for inviting me on the show. I, 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 you know, a bunch of people I already know have been on the show, and I was like, oh, God, i got to make time to do that at some point. It's a good show. And, uh, you know, then my body tried to kill me over the summer, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad that your body did not succeed in killing you. But I really love the show you're doing. I, I really love that you, uh... Are, are helping people grow to love their original characters and their Mary Sue's and everything again. I think it's something that we all need to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This is not a world in which we can live in shame. <laughs> no, no, it is not, because God knows the internet already does that for us. Yes, exactly. There are plenty of people who are already willing to shame us. We don't need to do it to ourselves. That's a very, that's a very good way to phrase that. I'll have to remember that. <laughs> So, where would you like to be found on the internet? Do you have uh, anything that you want to promote? I would prefer it if you don't find me on the internet, but if you have to. Um, <laughs> I am mostly hanging out these days uh, on the obscure corners of the internet. Um, you can find me on Mastodon um, cyberspace uh, slash at inferior wit. Cyberspace is spelled C-Y-B-R-E. Don't ask me why. The admin thought it was funny, I guess. I guess. Yeah, Mastodon is sort of like open source Twitter. Uh, I really mm -hmm. enjoy it. It's, um, <laughs> we were talking about forums earlier. Honestly, it reminds me of my forum days, where it's smaller, okay. more curated communities where you just, you know, instead of having strangers come by and hate you every day, you just hate the same person every day. <laughs> okay. But it is really fun. And then uh, I have a blog going on uh, DreamWidth, which is the live journal code fork. Uh, that is still running to this day. So okay. I am at uh, inferiorwith.dreamwith.org. And I am also okay. I am also on the bird site with all the Nazis on. Um, yeah. I am uh, inferiorwit on the bird site. Uh, mostly it just cross-posts stuff from the Mastodon and the Dreamwith, but I make it a token attempt to keep up with the people I follow on there every once in a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and you're like dipping, dipping your toes in when you have to yell about broth. Yes, when I have to yell about these adorable little boxes of chicken stock that I found that are only 250 milliliters, so I can just use the exact amount I need. 
I'm sorry. I'm just going to talk about this now. This is what the podcast is about. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I brought this on it, so. Yeah, you mentioned it. You brought this on yourself. Um, I also uh, do a whole bunch of podcasts, which you might have heard me on. Uh, Mm -hmm. I uh, am the DM of uh, Gem Jammer. That's Gem with a J, which is our uh, fifth edition Spelljammer podcast. Spelljammer being the D&D in space setting. Mm-hmm. 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 And there's kind of a long story about why Spelljammer is the way that it is, but long story short, it was written on bar napkins over the course of a weekend. <laughs> yep, that sounds about right. Yep. It's a lot of fun, and I'm really enjoying doing the show, and it is letting me indulge uh, my tendency to put way too much thought into stuff nobody's going to ask about. Uh, if you do follow me on I Twitter... Mean... <laughs> to be to be fair, both Tanner and I are interested in the show, so chances are we're probably trying to figure it out. Oh, okay. We uh, just haven't figured to ask you about it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, just ask me the questions. If I don't want to tell you yet, then I'll say I don't want to tell you yet, but there's a lot of stuff that I'm willing to talk about that just, like, nobody's asked the NPC the right question. <laughs> yes. Nobody's asked what Mr. Hurst's first name is. <laughs> oh. No, no, I'm just going to sit here eagerly awaiting the day that someone asks Mr. Hurst. <laughs> You're going to, like, meet his mom and she's going to full name him. <laughs> oh. Oh. The adorableness. Uh, I also do a podcast called I Will Fight You, which is basically a bunch of English majors applying literary analysis to techniques that, to works that really don't deserve it. Um, our last episode was on Garzy's Wing. We're going to have a Muppet Treasure Island episode shortly when I remember to edit it. And we also do a YouTube series called Date Me Damn It, where we play dating sims, or more accurately, I play dating sims, and then Annie and Mac yell at me. Yes. We started off by playing uh, Seduce Me the Otome, which, um, broke me. So, to do a palate cleanser, we're doing Dragon Age Origins, which is also breaking me, but in a different way, because I've installed a bunch of really terrible mods. Um... Yeah, some of them are pretty great, though. <laughs> oh, just wait till you see Alistair's nipples. It's glorious. Okay. <laughs> I've never played a Dragon Age, so I don't know what that means. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know the context for that. You'll find out. Annie's, I'm sure Annie's going to insist we romance Alistair, so you will. he'll become very familiar with Alistair. Um... God, what else do I do? I do so much stuff! Uh, I wrote a book. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's called Endling, 600 Years from Home. You can find it on the Amazon and also websites that aren't the devil site. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's everything. Okay. Everything for now, at least. I got a couple of stuff, like, in the pipeline that's not out yet. And when it does, like, or, like, if it comes out between, uh... Now and next Monday. I oh, it probably it won't. In. It probably won't. <laughs> Nothing moves that fast. I certainly don't move that fast. That's okay. <laughs> if I didn't unintentionally put myself into podcast crunch, I also would not move that fast. <laughs> <laughs> the Home for Your Sees is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. It can be found on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Pippa, Stitcher, and probably other places that you can download podcasts. I haven't checked a whole lot of them. Our theme song is Violet by Pottington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. New episodes come out on the second and fourth Mondays of the month. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we can be found on Twitter at WaywardOCPod or through the WaywardOCPod hashtag. 
you can also email us at waywardocpod at gmail.com. And I do currently have a, a very good sized slate of guests lined up for the foreseeable future. So if you have a character you'd like to talk about, you are more than welcome to send me an email or to uh, send a tweet to the Wayward Twitter account. Uh, I cannot promise you any kind of any kind of schedule or timing, but I will be able to at least put you on the list. Uh, however, I am always interested in podcast promos. So if you or someone you know has a podcast that they would like to uh, get some free ad space on Wayward, as long as it's something that is kind of in line with the theme of Wayward, I would be more than happy to uh, feature it on the show. Uh, and of course, because this is a podcast, it is always incredibly helpful if you can subscribe and rate us on your listening platform of choice, and maybe recommend us to a friend, because that helps us to find a wider audience and to brighten more people's days. So, thank you all for listening. This has been the Home for Wayward OCs, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. Don't use Zencaster, kids. <laughs> I wasn't planning on <laughs> Friends don't let friends use Zencaster. <laughs> oh, no, I might have to make that the bumper for the episode. <laughs> Good. Just like a PSA. The world must know. <laughs> don't Zen and cast. <laughs> not even once. Nope. Not a single Zen. <laughs> oh. Hello, you beautiful blood-sucking babes. I'm Sahana. And I'm Kat. And we're the hosts of Summer Twilight Book Club, a podcast where your two best friends put their social work degrees to good use by rereading the four horniest books of their teenage years. If you're at all curious about any of the following, this is the podcast for you. Does Bella Swan have a car crash fetish? Yes, I am telling you right now the answer is yes. Does Stephanie Meyer understand healthy relationship boundaries? Has Bella Swan ever had a secure attachment in her life? How has Twilight impacted the societal and my personal conceptions of romance? Why does Stephanie Meyer Osahana and all other brown people reparations? Why is Edward Cullen so into edging? You can find Summer Twilight Book Club at theorangegrowth.com or on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you access podcasts to find out.